and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the One Out of One podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and we're trying to get back into the swing of things. So let's do a fun one. So I am currently, if you want to flip in your Bibles, I am in Exodus chapter 21, and I want to do some myth-busting today. So I, I could do the uh, funny old youth pastor thing. I was, I w- I was picking on uh, one of my friends about this when we were doing the Men Who Talk Their Movies podcast. Uh, because he he made he made a connection that wasn't like really connected. It's a thing that a lot of youth pastors do, and he's trying to be youth pastor. So it's, it's funny because it's like, hey guys, so I heard, I heard, I heard Taylor Swift is dropping a new album, and it's gonna be awesome. I know, I know you guys. I'm a Taylor Swift fan as well. This new album is gonna be lit. But you guys know what else is lit? That's right, your heart when you give your life to Jesus. It's those silly connections like that. And so, um, but anyways, I want to talk today about a passage that is wildly, wildly misused right now. So a couple of months ago, I I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw this guy, uh, the real Sebastian Cole, I think is his username. And his idea was... He was going to make a video about how uh, pro-life Christians don't actually know their Bible very well and how the Bible is actually much more pro-choice than the Christian realizes. And so he went through a couple of examples saying that uh, God commands abortion even if uh, a husband thinks that his wife maybe had an affair I looked through I looked through that it was bogus looked through the next one he did bogus looked the next one he did bogus all of them bogus 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 every single passage that he used was used so horribly incorrectly that you don't have to be a christian and you don't have to be a scholar to figure it out but he did this one passage he did a follow up video a little bit later answering somebody's question and the passage was on Exodus chapter 21 I want you, if for those of you who are pro-life or pro-choice, I want this to be the Bible passage that you remember the most. Any of you out there who consider yourself to be an activist and a progressive, I want this to be the passage that is always on your mind, okay? Because this shows you the character and nature of God, okay? Exodus chapter 21, and we pick up first... At verse 22, before we get into it, let me tell you what the claim was. So the claim is that in this passage, God is showing that an unborn child does not have the same value as someone who is born as a grown woman. Because, as we read in this passage, this is a passage about when two men get into a fight and hit a pregnant woman. So let's start reading verse 22. If men fight and hurt a woman with child so that she gives birth prematurely, yet no harm follows, he shall surely be punished accordingly, as a woman's husband imposes on him, and he shall pay as a judge determines. But if any harm follows, you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Okay? Let's pause there for just a minute. The claim here, and this comes from some ancient Jewish tradition, and he pointed this out. I was actually kind of impressed with him. As bad as his biblical interpretation is, and as much as he misuses scripture, he knew who Rashi is. So Rashi is an ancient uh, Jewish 
uh, rabbi who was very well respected and because he did do some very substantial things, okay? I can really disagree with everything that a person says and they can still have one good action. Like if you guys remember back to my previous episode when I was talking about the Queen of England, all of these other people during World War II could have done horrible, horrible things in their right and they would still be doing a good thing if they stood against Hitler, okay? All that to say, Rashi is important for certain things that he did. However, as we're going to see in this passage, Rashi has an agenda of his own. So, the claim here is that uh, in a lot of Jewish tradition, and it's becoming much more popular now, uh, the claim that is in verse 22... The ter- that the term, uh, so that she gives birth prematurely, that that passage is mistranslated. The claim is, is that passage should not say gives birth prematurely, but that the, it instead should say that the woman miscarries. Okay? And this, this is Rashi's explanation, is that uh, because it should be translated as miscarries, we should assume then that this means that the unborn child is not considered as valuable as a person who has been born. All right? This is the passage that is in question here. So which is it? Is it causes the woman to have a miscarriage, or is it causes the woman to give birth prematurely? Neither. Boom. That's right. I went there. I went there. I'm edgy. I'm edgelord. Now, tell me to shut up. Please tell me to shut up and use this timestamp. Neither of them are translated correctly. Now, one of them is less bad than the other one. I would argue that uh, saying that uh, the woman gives birth prematurely is less bad, but it is still bad. Here's what those words are. And forgive if you hear some clicking because I'm pulling it up on my phone just so I have it in front of me and I don't misspeak. I'm going to the Hebrew, and if you want to follow along in the Hebrew, there's an easy way that you can do it. You don't have to know Hebrew in order to get the basic, excuse me, the basic ideas of what's going on in Scripture. So go to BibleHub.com, pull up this passage, Exodus 21, verse 22. And then up at the top of the page, you're going to see the little H-E-B for Hebrew. Click on that, and it will take you to uh, a, it'll take you to this page where it has the English translation on one side of the middle and the Hebrew word on the other side. Okay. Now, when you get there, all the way on the left side, you'll see this Strong's number. So, like for example, I'm looking at it right now, and up at the top on that first word. You see the number 3588. If you click on that, it will take you to the lexical form, which means the most basic form of the word. Like instead of running, the lexical form would be run. It's the most simple form of the word. Okay? Do me a favor and scroll down a little bit and look there at that word where it's translated so that prematurely. And below that, she gives birth. Okay? If you look at those, see that number right there, that 3318? Click on that, okay? 
that's going to take you to a new page and you see that this is the this is the lexical form the word is yatsa like yatsi but it's yatsa 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 so scroll down a little bit okay you're on that page of yatsa scroll down you see the brown driver briggs that is the lexicon that is the big lexicon that we use when learning hebrew that's the, that is the textbook lexicon that my hebrew teacher uh told us to get okay so this is a very authoritative source. What does that say it is right there? It says it's a verb that means go out or come out. All right, now if you scroll down and you scroll down and you scroll down and you look for all of these different definitions, all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way, you will notice that nowhere, 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 nowhere does it say prematurely. This is a major issue. First, notice that it didn't say miscarriage. How about the one beneath it? Okay, so that we went to Yatza. Let's go to the one beneath it. That's the 3206. Click on that. And look there. That is a noun. Scroll down to the uh, Brown Driver Briggs. That is a masculine noun, Yelid, which means child, son, boy, or youth. Look back. Go backwards now to the to the page with the verse, the whole verse. Now look at how they're translating it. First things first, you'll notice that word that we looked at a minute ago, yatza. Yatza is a verb. What function is the word prematurely there? Prematurely is not a verb. Prematurely is an adjective. What about beneath it? What about that yellowed word? What form is that? That's a noun. That is not that is not a verb to say she gives birth. That wouldn't be the word that you would use for give. You would use a word like natan for give, put, or set. And there's and, and the 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 uh, verb form yalad is not used here. The noun form is used here. What they're having to do, both of those translations, is they are having to reinterpret what these words mean altogether. So on a lesser degree. Uh, most of your translations, I ju the one that I read out of was the New King James and I think the New American Standard and a couple others do that as well. They say that prematurely she gives birth. They're having to reinterpret what the word yatza means and what uh, and the form of the word yelid means. Okay? They're having to reinterpret what those words mean, throwing the rules of Hebrew out the window to give the interpretation that they want to give. Okay? Even bigger, let's talk about Rashi's. You can find this in the JPS translation. And I'm not too positive that the JPS is here. Yeah, the JPS is there. If you go to the JPS translation, the JPS will imply that the baby is being miscarried. That's an even bigger step because there is nothing here 
in this verse that implies a miscarriage. The most that you can get is that the baby or the child comes out. That's literally what the words would mean. It would be, uh, they strike and hurt a pregnant woman and the baby goes out. That would be the that that would be a very very word for word translation. Now, an argument that you might hear you might hear this from somebody that it has a syntactical range. For those of you who don't know what a syntactical range is, it basically means that this word can mean this, or it can mean this, or it can mean this, or this, or this, or this, or this. Well, that's a lot of different things. Does that mean you just pick and choose? Nope. That means that whatever the rest of the verse is saying, that will show you what this word is supposed to mean. So that's a syntactical range, okay? And every word has a syntactical range. Uh, that that little, like, little curvy shape with not really a dot, but, well, it kind of looks like an, an eye, but the dot seems to be, like, kind of connected. It's almost like somebody's, like, carrying a torch. It's called a vav. That is the and, but, also, even, so. All of those different conjunctions, that's that one little letter, okay? So... Letters like that or words like that have a big syntactical range. We scrolled through the syntactical range for Yatza. Did we find anything about a miscarriage? No. We found nothing about a miscarriage. Everything that Rashi and Sebastian Cole and that anybody else who uses this passage in this way, everybody from the, in, in the, the, the JPS translation, all of those people are having to assume. They are having to make assumptions about the text in order to get that interpretation. And even then, they're not using the words in the text. That's a big issue. And that's why a lot of people make a big deal about like the message or the new living translation. Or for me, I'm growing increasingly, the more that I read through it, I'm growing increasingly frustrated with the JPS because it is just not following a translation. It is following uh, modern Judaism instead of following what the scripture actually says. All of that is having to be presupposition. All of that is following what they think is happening in the text instead of reading what the words say. All right? So that's my big issue, and that's what brings it to the forefront, okay? So literally, if we follow it the way that it's written, looking within the syntactical range, not trying to add in our own interpretation, it simply says... They strike the pregnant woman and cause the boy or the child to go out. Okay? That's as the, the simple translation. That's as basic of a translation of those words that you can get. Now, what does this passage actually say? Why do I tell you that this needs to be your go-to passage, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice or whatever, why do I go to this passage? I actually did a little segment with my youth. Um, it's been a while by the point that you guys are hearing this episode, but it was about two days before I recorded this episode. I did a segment with my youth about, um, about this passage. 
And I want to use the word progressive, but I don't want to use it in our modern thinking. I want to use it in its basic meaning, which means uh, progressive as in moving from one point to the next point. Okay? So, temporarily, let's think of progressive as a blank slate, and it just depends upon where you're progressing from to where you're progressing to. It's a blank slate, and only consider good or bad depending on the context. Ready? This is probably one of the most culturally progressive passages in the Bible. Think about the area around. Think about the other nations that were in the promised land. Think about uh, people groups all throughout history, okay? Especially during this time, and you know, especially we see it today as well, not so much in the States, but there are quite a few other nations where we see this happening. People were seen as property held by property owners, okay? Women were oftentimes seen as property, okay? You don't have to think about America in order to think about that. Think about uh, the old monarchies and how oftentimes two kingdoms would make a treaty by one king giving his daughter in marriage to another king's son, Women were seen as a commodity. Children were seen as a commodity. Okay? Your kids, you have a lot of kids. If you're working on, if you're working on like a farm or whatnot, it's a good thing if you have a lot of kids because they can help you work the fields. They can help you take care of the animals. And then, sadly, you can sell one of them for money. These things happen all throughout history. And as a matter of fact, even, I want to just give you a little bit of a, little bit of a, a, a picture of world history. You don't have to look very far to realize that uh, Israel and America happen to be two of the best places for women and children. Because they're not seen as commodities nearly as much as the rest of the world. Okay? Now we can get into that another day. But... Keep that in mind. Keep these other cultures in mind. Keep in mind that these other cultures surrounding Israel oftentimes used women and children as commodities. And even with other men, if you owed a certain amount of money, you became a slave for a period of time. It's indentured servitude. You would work off the debt that you owe. Okay? So this is, this, this is surrounding cultures all around them, including in Egypt, where they just came from, People were seen as property. Now, what happens here? Here in this passage, two men are fighting, and they strike a woman. She gives birth. We have no indication that the baby dies, okay? No indication. There's no reason to assume it unless the text proves otherwise. Now, I would like to give, in a moment, some evidences of my own why I believe that the baby was not harmed, but we'll get there in a moment. First things first. When it happens, she's struck, causes the baby to go out. What does the text say next? But no harm is done. Literally, it is, there is no harm. After that, what happens? Then the husband gets to fine him, and the judge decides how much money 
that the person who caused this harm has to pay, okay? So a way that you could think about it, well, does that mean that he, the husband is enslaving the woman and using her? Think medical bills. The woman has just been put on her. She just gave birth after getting hit. I mean, she's down for a little bit. And if you think about it, people back in that time, they didn't have the air conditioning, the refrigerators. You had to work for every meal that you ate. Oftentimes, women would have just as much work as men would do. They would make clothing and sell clothing and fabrics, cook food, all of these different things that they would do in order to provide. All of a sudden, boom, your wife is unexpectedly down because she gave birth before she was supposed to give birth. This is a big deal. You got to take care of her medical expenses and you've got to be able to pay to have someone step in and pick up the work while your wife is recovering. Okay? It's a very basic thing. Something that we consider today with insurance. Think about insurance in that light. That's what happens if there's no harm. What if there is harm? The rest of that passage says that you will repay that man wound for wound. This is where the pass this is where we hear the phrase an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Okay? That's where it comes from. But listen closely. If they strike her and harm is done, then you will take an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, limb for a limb, life for life, and it keeps going on. But do you realize what just happened? God just showed in one moment, in one tiny little passage, that Every part of his created human race is valuable and equally valuable. Now, it's not the main person, uh, purpose of the passage, okay? Think of, think of it like, uh, like you're uh, playing like a video game or you're watching a movie. You've got the main quest or the main story that's going on, but there's this interesting little side quest or this, uh, this side storyline that's not... Not necessarily the main story, but it's still really interesting, and you check it out too. This is a side story. The main story is about uh, how the uh, Israelites are supposed to live in the promised land. But this side story is really important. This side quest shows us the heart of God. This shows us what God values. God values the life he created. And in one little passage, he showed that every part of a baby and every part of a woman is just as valuable as every part of a man. I do believe that the context does show, but by the, the way that the words are, because they're very, very basic words that are not difficult to uh, interpret or understand or anything. This is very basic language used in a very basic setting. God showed that every part of the woman, every part of the baby is just as valuable as every part of the man. God put three whole scenarios, men, women, and children, and even unborn children all in the same level of worth. That 
is incredible. And that's why I say it's the most progressive thing that the Bible says up to that point. Because it's so radically different from everything else around it. So you want to know where God stands on certain things? You want to know where God stands on uh, the value of women? Exodus chapter 21. Pick up in verse 22 and read on. You want to see what God thinks about slavery even? Go to the passage after that. Now, now we can get into uh, slavery in Israel later on. But if you notice, the slavery stuff stops after Israel is done going to war. There's a reason for that, but we'll get all, we can get to all that another day. But you can see that even in that passage, if a servant is severely injured, the master has to let them go free. Because I believe it was for the sake of an eye. Like if a master strikes a slave and uh, the slave's eye is destroyed, the master has to let them free because of the destroyed eye. God is showing that his creation, the life that he made, is valuable. And I also believe, and I'll leave you with this, this is one of the most pro-life passages in the entire Bible. Where people who blame uh, the, you know, the straight white men, the patriarchy for everything, God has shown that the unborn baby is just as important as a fully grown man. I don't understand how you can read that passage and walk away with anything other than just jaw-dropping awe at how amazing God is. So that's all I got for right now, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to subscribe, share with a friend. Uh, and I, I want to challenge you to do this. If you've, if you've listened to this point, share this with somebody that you think disagrees with me. Share this with someone, maybe not like a crazy person who's just going to scream and shout the whole time. Share this with someone that you think this would be a good conversation starter for. Somebody who is willing to look at the things that you send them and willing to talk through disagreements. So that's all I got for today. I will see you guys soon. Thank you very much. Bye.